we're looking at the second half of verse 13 of Matthew 6, but deliver us from the evil one. Now Jesus shows us that evil in the world is a being, not a concept. It has will, it thinks, plans and strategizes. It has power and an army of followers. It is wicked in the extreme, a murderer and a liar from the beginning. It plans to overthrow heaven and earth and take control. It plans to take as many of fallen humanity as it can to the lake of fire with it because it hates mankind with a malevolent passion. So Jesus puts this in, but deliver us from the evil one. Just in case we were sceptical about Genesis 3 or had any doubts about his existence, sentence has been passed on that old serpent. The unbeliever may say, if God exists, why doesn't he do something about all this evil in the world? The answer to that is, he has, a long time ago. And you find it in Genesis 3, 14 and 15. We must see things as they are, not as we wish they were. Good and evil are juxtaposed in this world and God allows it for now. The serpent's sentence has been passed. Jesus has defeated him on the cross. But for a moment the sentence is suspended to allow others to come in. The whosoever will. And when they are all gathered in, then the end will come. Then the judgment, not for believers, but unbelievers. So for those who want God to bring justice now, we need to ask gently but lovingly, where will you stand if he does bring judgment right now? Do something as you think he should. The world lies in the hands of the evil one because Adam gave it away. He gave away his inheritance and his right to rule, and ours as well. We were meant to be kings, to have dominion, but we lost the lot. And in return, we were put under the rule of the wicked one himself until we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his light by the second Adam. The one who lifted up his heart to vanity, who wanted to be like the Most High, has been judged. Imagine the pride the one who was so taken with his own beauty, he felt he could compete with the creator. Fancy that? The created taking on the creator. Fast way to be on a loser. But we do that, don't we? Take on the creator. We say no and lord in the same sentence. Rebellion was what we inherited from the fall. But the second half of verse 13 tells us who's behind the testing, temptation and pitfalls of life. And incidentally, just who we're aligning ourselves with when we rebel against the Creator. Sometimes, beloved, we bring these things on ourselves. At others, Satan asks to sift us as wheat. Still others, God uses Satan to bring about the result he desires. Under strict supervision, of course, remember Job. These things are always more complicated than we first imagine. And the lake of fire was not prepared for man, but for the devil and his angels. Those ending up there will go by choice. The choice that said no to the gift of eternal life in Christ. Hard things for us to face sometimes. The devil exists and is active all around us. He is powerful, but not all powerful. God is the only one who is omnipotent who sits outside the circle of the earth, all-powerful, the most powerful.
of all the powerful ones. In the beginning, God, Elohim, the most powerful of all the powerful ones. Deliver us, therefore, most high, all-powerful and magnificent one, king of glory, from the hands of the wicked one, as we humble ourselves, bow our hearts and our knees to your majesty and declare that you alone are God and say whatever you ask, the answer is yes, Lord. For thine alone is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs>